Good Friday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and thank you kindly for joining us on the I Love Seville show from our building, the Macklin Building on Market Street in downtown Charlottesville. It's the Friday edition of the show. A Friday, a mere, how would you characterize this? Saturday, Sunday, Monday, less than 72 hours removed from Chris Kringle slipping down chimneys across Charlottesville, Amaro County, and Central Virginia. Jude and I are going to have some fun as I literally and figuratively am rolling up my sleeves on the talk show. The network is growing. Um, we have new shows that we will introduce in January. We're excited for that news. I tease it for you to wet your whistle and to get you excited. What our goal has been for the network is to be the water cooler of information. We highlight our passion, and our passion is entrepreneurship, um, real estate, um, politics, sports, current events, helping folks, nonprofits, development, deal flow, and predictions of where we think the market's going to go. We'll talk some of that today, but we're also going to be jovial and jolly on the show. I think um, you'll see Judah Wickhauer in a matter of moments. I want to continue to highlight everything that he's been doing well on the program. I think Judah's just absolutely blossomed on the show um, and he is a key contributor to the program. In fact, we'll welcome Judas Slash Frosty on the Friday edition of the show. You have your sisters and your niece coming from California. We'll play a little trivia today. We will have some fun today, but I want to first, before I forget, and not that I should, but prioritize is a better way of putting it, highlight how grateful I am um, for having you on the team 13 years as the right-hand person of the operation. Uh, you and my better half, key contributors to what we do here. Um, you may be wearing a scarf and a frosty hat. You've taken the frosty nose away, but... Um, not very comfortable. I know it's not very comfortable. I don't want it to take <clears throat> away uh, your attire, the, the influence and the impact that you have on uh, the businesses the program, the building, and all the above. I, thank you, my friend. You. I'm looking forward to you having, I mean, it looks like you have about 10, 11 days to re-energize and recharge. Um, January is going to be an incredibly exciting time for the businesses that we operate here. Mm -hmm. The uh, rentals are full. The rentals are growing. The client roster is growing. We have new programming content coming yep. to market, which you know one of the shows that's coming to market. Yeah. And I'm just so charged and, and, and ready to go for January. Um, I can't wait for January to get there. Perhaps you're excited for the hiatus. Um, <laughs> and I want to spend the next half hour or so not only championing you, but the viewers and listeners and talking about some of our favorite elements of the show. The University of Virginia Media Department, UVA Today, released its top 10 stories of 2023. Mm. I want to highlight some of those. I want to highlight some of the topics that the viewers and listeners want. But before I want to celebrate, before we do that, I want to celebrate you. Thank so you. Judah Wickhauer and the Wickhauer clan, some of the fantastic memories or traditions you like to celebrate. Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, one of our, one of our fun traditions for Christmas is 
somebody, and sometimes we have to uh, kind of force it on them, but somebody gets the uh, the Santa cap. The Santa cap. Yeah. Christmas, so this is the... Christmas morning. Okay. Almost like in spin-the-bottle capacity, but instead you're wearing a Santa cap. Okay. One person gets the Santa cap, and they are the gift giver. Okay. I like so that. They've got to. They've got to find. You know. They've got to kind of keep a keep a steady a steady flow and keep the presents. You know. You can't give like five presents in a row to uh, to my mom or uh, or one of my sisters. You got. You know. You gotta. You gotta keep it. Uh, you got to keep it cycling through the every family member, so it's uh, they get to they get to walk around the tree, pick out the presents, find uh, which one to give next, and pass them across. And they, you know, they the, they're the one that wields the uh, the trash bag for all the all the. We have the trash bag for the wrapping paper. Yeah, wrapping paper, ribbons that aren't reusable, that kind of stuff. So that's always fun. Is it a white elephant scenario, or is it uh, depth in presents under the Christmas tree? Do you have a lot of presents? There, there's a decent number of presents usually. Yeah? Yeah. So everyone's getting five to ten? Uh, I'd say closer to the five mark. That's nice. It's yeah. very nice. Is your niece, the little one, spoiled at Christmas? Well, this will be... Granted, she's one, I believe, right? She's two and a half now. Okay, so she can kind of appreciate she'll it. Be, she'll be three in March. Albert Graves, happy holidays to you and yours as well, my friend. Happy holidays. Um, yeah, I don't know that she was... She was... No, she was one and a half last year, last Christmas. No way. So I don't know that she was Understood spoiled. the significance. Yeah. Uh, she certainly got stuff. I mean, uh, she'll, I'm sure she's got some fun presents coming to her this year. And she's a little more, she's a little uh, closer to uh, the age where she can appreciate that kind of thing. I'm evidently having a big rib roast for Christmas. Oh. Um, my wife is reminding me that I don't have my Santa hat on. I will go get it, sweetheart. I apologize <laughs> for that. You carry the they're, they're rather itchy. Rib roast. I'm getting, I'm getting hungry now. They're, they're, they're rather itchy, the hats. Your nose is not on. I will also highlight that it's... Yeah, that nose is not comfortable at all. I, I mentioned my Buddy the Elf costume got eaten up by Max the dog, the German shepherd, which we know uh, Judah's graciously uh, volunteered to take care of Max the dog while yep. my... Wife and our boys had to uh, up the eastern seaboard to the beach for New Year's. Um, our five-and-a-half-year-old, who you know, boisterous, yep. boisterous, exciting, high energy, um, very much appreciates the holiday now, and he is no very much the center of the attention. Our youngest is one. But at five-and-a-half... Does he get up even earlier oh, yes, than usual on yes. Christmas Day? Now, we've done... We've played kind of a trick on him. And that mm. we've let him have a uh, later bedtime. So at five and a half, he's staying up past 10 o'clock, which oh, he's showing man. signs of being a teenager already, sleeping in past 9 a.m., sometimes you know. past 9.30 a.m. We hope it works on Christmas Day. The reality <laughs> is I don't think it will. Regardless, our one-year-old will be, uh, what's a rooster do? 
Is that the one that wakes up at the sunrise? They crow at the... Uh... Is it crowing or cock-a-doodle-doing? Or is it the same thing? It's the same thing. They, is, can a, a rooster crows? Yeah, roosters crow. They don't cock-a-doodle-do. A cock-a-doodle-doo well, is a different verb than crow. Cock-a-doodle-do is kind of an onomatopoeia version of what the crowing sounds like. <laughs> is that the first reference of onomatopoeia on the program? I think it is. Do you want to highlight onomatopoeia to the viewers and listeners? For those who don't know what onomatopoeia is, it is they are words that sound like what they're imitating. So, I would say like a vocal imitation. So uh, a snake's hiss, yeah. hiss is an onomatopoeia. Or a bee's because buzz. Because it's a word, but it's also, you're also imitating the sound that they're making. Uh, challenge for you on the fly. Spell onomatopoeia for the viewers and listeners. Oh, man. One of your skills is spelling. Yeah, it's been probably 35 plus years. <laughs> I'm going to put you on the spell. clock. I need an answer from you in less than 10 seconds. 10. I'm going to get this wrong. Eight. O N A N. Oh, it's not O N A. No. O N. Hmm. I'm looking at it. Okay. Just so I you know, it. I'm O-N-O? not. O N O? Yes. M? Yes. A T? Yes. A. No. The oh. double the O's are effing you up. O N O M A T O and then P- you can take it from there. Is it P E I A? P O E I A. O? J Dubs. <laughs> I am not ashamed to not be able to spell that. But you're a spelling word. aficionado. I just arguably the wordsmith of the talk show. Yeah. That doesn't mean I can spell anything. I think the, the art of spelling is one that's being lost. Yeah. Olivia Branch. I think, I think people... Happy people, holidays to you. Happy, happy holidays. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people uh, are just, they rely on, on autocorrect now, and they don't have to worry about... You just, if, as long as you're, it's like, it's like playing darts with a blindfold. It's like as long as you're in the general area of how the word is spelled, you can pretty much, you can pretty much be pretty sure of the fact that, uh, that your iPhone or your Android is going to fix it for you. Chad Wood, happy holidays to you, viewers and listeners. The holiday um, episode of the I Love Seville show, the last I Love Seville show until January, specifically January. We're taking uh, almost two weeks off. The 3rd of January is when I'm back in the saddle. Not only time for Christmas, but I'm going to head up the Eastern Sea Bar with my family to visit family at the beach, which I'm very excited about. Judas graciously offered to volunteer mm-hmm. um, to take care of the Miller dog, Max the German Shepherd. Evidently, we have a rib. Um, what, did, what did she call it? She called it a, a rib roast. A, a big rib roast for Christmas. Oh, man. I want to oh, highlight something that, that is delicious. It's, I know. She's, she's amazing. I want to highlight this. Do you know Mona Lisa Pasta on Preston Avenue? I know of it. Have you ever eaten there? No. Mona Lisa Pasta on Preston Avenue is fantastic. Mona Lisa hmm. Pasta has some of the best pizza in the area. Wow. Mona Lisa Pasta has some of the best lasagnas in the area. Are, they, uh, are they a sit-down, wait-for-food, no. or is it a fast... Uh, 
you know, fast turnaround? It's generally, it's takeout, order ahead and takeout. Now they do have some tables there if you want to have a slice or two inside the restaurant, but it's a takeout place. You order ahead and you order a lasagna mm -hmm. from Mona Lisa Pasta, Jerry's way. That lasagna will wow you and knock your socks off. Hmm. And it's become, over the last few years, a holiday tradition in the Miller household. All right. It is absolutely fantastic. You will surprise the Wickhauer clan if you order a lasagna, get the large one, because you guys are going to want second helpings, and bring it to the family for dinner. They will be forever impressed. The thing is, with my family, we have to, uh, we kind of have to work around, well... What, food allergies? We've got... Who's got the food allergies? Big Jim? No. Uh, and the sweater maker? No. <clears throat> Mandy is a vegetarian. Okay. She, I would never have guessed that for Mandy. She's been a vegetarian for, I don't know, like maybe five years now. Okay. Maybe a little bit longer. Uh, nowadays, she does, uh, she does eggs and seafood. Okay. She didn't always. Um, so when she didn't, that was definitely something to work around. Trisha, my youngest sister, is uh, lactose intolerant. And, <coughs> and you have the ability to eat anything. My niece was lactose intolerant, but apparently is getting, is I think, over it by now. Uh, used to be that... Uh, couldn't give her so, so much as butter, or she would uh, she'd start screaming and crying. I mean, not like right away, but uh, anyways. So in the past, I've had to, like, like if I wanted to make, when my sisters were in town, I've made like a, a seafood stew. Seafood stew? Which apparently... John Blair, is, Merry Christmas to you. Apparently is so good that, uh, that we're getting repeat uh, requests for it. Uh, just on the uh, on the text chain the other night, uh, there was a, a request that uh, we have the stew again. So that's cool. John says, I want to wish you and Judah the happiest of holidays. I would also hope that in the next 10 days, you all viewers well. hug those that they love. We're not promised mm -hmm. tomorrow. Yeah. And at this time of year, we can relax and express our appreciation for the most important in our lives. Cheers, folks. You all are beautiful children of God. Amen. Wow, John, that was amazing. Thank you. Same to Merry you. Merry Christmas. Same to you. Merry Christmas. Have you noticed that it's become almost... I'm a Merry Christmas guy, right? In fact, I'm a Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Mm -hmm. I cover all the bases with the Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Have you gotten any resistance with wishing the Merry Christmas to folks? Mm, no. But I've caught a little bit of friction from wishing really? the Merry Christmas. I say Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. But a couple of, I've caught some, a little bit of resistance from. Hmm. I played um, a Christmas station um, at a get-together. You played a, a what? Christmas Pandora station. Okay. And was asked, what about the stations? What about the Kwanzaa station? <laughs> yes. Really? Yes. I was joking. No. I didn't even realize there was one. Was asked that. Are there Kwanzaa songs? I, I was unsure to answer. Merry Kwanzaa. And I said, I'm an, I said I'm an equal opportunity Pandora Station player. 
I felt a sense of responsibility after that statement with the Bose MIDI speaker. Like I was doing the playing of music uh, injustice. Mm, okay. I want 2024, maybe this is a resolution, maybe this is the end of the year chatter, to be a year where we are more, even more open-minded and willing to consider others and their perspectives. I'm fearful, and this is coming from a guy who hosts a talk show on the interwebs through social media and podcasting platforms, that these social media platforms and podcasting channels are creating um, silos or packs or how would you characterize it? Tribes. Yeah. Tribes. And the tribes are either you're in my tribe or I'm in your tribe or you're in that other person's tribe. And it's not just, we're just people, humans. I want to see that change. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think there's too much of people being afraid of uh, having a <clears throat> having a, a genuine thought outside of what is um, what is uh, prescribed by their by their whatever group they um, associate with the most strongly. We could agree to disagree. Well, we can also agree to think for ourselves, and I think a lot of people have kind of like ceded, con- you know, control of that. And basically, you know, if uh, if something my group, my group, whatever my group is, if something they believe is, they're just afraid to to step outside of the lane. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people that uh, it, there's there's no actual reason to ever get into a discussion or argument with people like that because there are no um, there are no original thoughts in their head, and they'll just parrot whatever they've heard until you're blue in the face trying to you know trying to have an actual discussion. And I would say on this talk show in particular, of all the shows we're going to do, new shows coming in January to complement our existing schedule of content. Mm-hmm. And think about the content we're creating. I had this conversation over coffee um, this morning at Grit. I was meeting with uh, two fine folks. We were talking all things Charlottesville, all things real estate, all things development, all things small business. We were talking about the verticals of content we do. They reached out because of the program and the content we do. Regularly watch the show on LinkedIn. We have our show, which we characterize as the front page of a newspaper. We have a sports show. Mm-hmm. We have a show that features the Hispanic community. Yeah. I think Kyle's show on Thursdays is really blossoming, yeah. where he's doing a fantastic job of featuring small business. Yeah. I think Keith's show does a great job of featuring real estate. I think Hillary's show is going a good job of featuring female entrepreneurs, which is coming. We've got a lifestyle show that's on the cusp of launching. We're trying to just become what is the water cooler of conversation. And I think our show in particular, the Monday through Friday flagship, the I Love Seville show, does a good job of featuring content that's not just in the lane. We don't yeah. want to stay in the lane. We want to veer across all lanes. 
And it's not done with the idea of offending. It's right. done the idea of respectfully challenging. Respectfully challenging social norms, respectfully challenging what's comfortable, and considering topics that may be out of bounds for the sake of the betterment of the community. Yeah. Like, what's UVA's role in the community is a good topic that, come up, that comes up a lot in the I Love Seville show. Yeah. Did you guys know that the University of Virginia, for the class of 2028, 2028, recorded a record number of early action and early decision applications. Nearly 43,000 students, 43,000, 43,000 students applied early action and early decision to the University of Virginia for the class of 2028. That's basically the population of the city of Charlottesville applying early action or early decision. Yeah. The Cavalier Daily reported a couple days ago <clears throat> that the University of Virginia admitted 1,113 students in its early decision applicant pool. Think about how competitive it is right now to get into the University of Virginia. 1,000 113 students admitted into the University of Virginia early decision application pool. That's mm -hmm. the largest pool ever. And just 1,113 admitted. Yeah. The best and the brightest. The best and the brightest. This particular applicant pool was not broken down by... Um, uh, how would I characterize it? By race, the Supreme Court of the United States ruled against racial conscious admissions. So we don't know the breakdown of this particular applicant pool because of that decision. Mm -hmm. But I just want, to, want folks to realize the impact. Obviously, we know this. But when you're in, admitting such few, you have the pick of the litter. And that pick of the litter goes from being an adolescent or a teen into a young adult, into adulthood, their first chances of living on their own happen here in Charlottesville. Yeah. Of course they're going to have this romantic notion of their four years in Charlottesville and want to revel in that notion later in life. That's why we see so many folks returning to this community that started in this community as students. I'm an example of that. I never left. But in the time that I was here, and my time very different than others' times, mine was very focused on different things besides school, this impact will continue and continue and continue. UVA issued, UVA Today, their top 10 stories of the year. Top 10 stories of the year on news.virginia.edu. Of all the stories that we've covered on this talk show, what do you think was story number one? On UVA Today, their website, news.virginia.edu. In fact, is the UVA Today website? Number one. The URL as well? I just go news.virginia.edu. So is it uvatoday.edu? What do you think story number one is? No, you got to go news.virginia.edu. What's story number one? I'm going to go with uh, the melting of the statues. That's a good one. Decent guess. Number one was Paul Manning and Diane Manning given a $100 million gift for the Biotechnology Institute. Hmm. That's a good one. 
350,000 square foot facility. 350,000 square feet. The facility is expected to be ready in 2026. So in two years and change, a 350,000 square foot facility, thanks to a $100 million gift from Paul Manning. Mm -hmm. The impact that that's going to have should never be underestimated. What do you think second story was? This is extremely difficult. Okay, I'm not going to continue to quiz you on this. Number two story was the 34-year-old kicker in the Virginia football team. The, the, the number... Th- the that no- was the number two story? Yeah. Are I mean, these- it's a Cinderella story. Okay. A United States Marine Corps veteran, a graduate of to the class of 2011, earns a spot on the football team at 34. He's married, has a kid. This is like a, a, a script from the movies. He's a kick. He's a kicking... He's a kicker on the football team. Mm-hmm. I mean, number three story was when President Jim Ryan pranked uh, readers with his April Fool's joke of dropping the A from UVA. You remember that one? Yeah. Ryan, what do you think of Jim Ryan? You like Ryan? Yeah, I, I like him for the most part. I think Ryan of, so I've been here with John Castine and Teresa Sullivan. Yeah, my mom Ryan, for both of them. Ryan, in his very short tenure, has done a great job of humanizing, localizing, and personalizing the president's office and the yeah. president's role. Yeah, I think he definitely comes across as very personable. A man of the people. Yeah. Running with students, running with locals, creating a, a group of people to serve as potential community leaders to shape UVA's role within the community. And I don't think it's just window, window dressing. Right. I think he genuinely cares. Yeah. Do I think that the community is changing because of what UVA does first and foremost? Yes. But Ryan cares. Yeah. Five, UVA has been studying all wrong. The professor can help you outsmart your brain. That one's, eh, that was an okay story. Six, a historic application year. UVA offers entry to nearly 6,000 in early action for the class of 2027. UVA is growing at a clip that we should not underestimate. Mm-hmm. At a clip that when we look, when my kids choose to go to school, I think it's going to be so much more competitive for when our boys choose to apply to college, should they choose to apply to college, than when my brother and I apply to college or when my dad applied to college. It's gotten so much more competitive. And as the college experience or college degree gets potentially more marginalized, and I do think it's getting marginalized where folks are less willing to get deep in debt and they're prioritizing higher value degrees or more prestigious degrees than ever. That yeah, because it's, I, part of that is the rate that colleges have increased their, their uh, tuitions. Right. It's insanity. Insanity. Like, so if you're going to do that, it, you better get a prestigious one. Yeah, it's not to say that a college degree isn't a good thing to get. It's just that uh, the return on investment is, I think, shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. Especially with the ability to get that education online. Yeah. Through showing some due diligence and some work on your own. Right? I mean, wouldn't you say you've learned way more through the effort you've put into research online 
than any other place? Yeah, I think there are also things that uh, I think there are also things that college provides that aren't just about teaching. Uh, there was a kid that I remember at Savannah College of Art and Design. He was an incredible painter. He did not need to be going to art school for painting, and this was you know this was in our first year. The thing is, he was he was awkward, you know. I'm kind of awkward. This guy was way worse. And what he needed from... I would say you're awkward. What he needed from college... Thank you. But what he needed from college was socialization. And, you know, maybe he could have gotten that in other places, but he was... Definitely. A, but... Could have he, gotten a job at a coffee shop. But he was also a painter. And, and I think the uh, the artistic environment of an art school was a good place for him even if he didn't need any of the what the teachers had to teach him and being around other people like himself was a good way for him to continue being socialized after high school so not every college is there i think just for like but can't you get that socialization just from getting like a job like in a restaurant or a job at a hospitality venue or music venue, a coffee shop, a sales or front line type of job where you're interacting with people? And for some people, those would be good places to do that. I, like I said, not every college is providing every person the exact same experience and not every person needs those experiences. But for some people... It's the right place, and I think it. I think it would behoove parents to help their kids take a look at the opportunities that are out there and figure out if college is the right one that they should be taking at whatever particular time in their life, whether it's directly out of high school or you know after taking a you know what do they call it a gap year? Yeah, a gap year. Going out and, you know, if your family has the money to, to send you to France or Italy or whatever, mm. then that's awesome. I'd say go do it. But it might not be right for someone. Maybe someone is ready to go straight to college and start learning more. Would you be disappointed if your son or daughter did not go to college? No. You would not? I don't think I would. I mean, that's at least 18 years down the road, at least. But, uh, no, I wouldn't be disappointed. No, neither would I. Because I don't want, uh, I, I'm laid back, and the last thing I want is for someone to be miserable because of something I want them to do. There you go. That's just a crappy way to, to deal with the people you love. Judah Wickar, dropping dimes. Vanessa Parkhill says, if you are the host and you are throwing a Christmas party, then you should be comfortable playing the Christmas channel. If someone throws a Kwanzaa party and invites you, then you have the opportunity to experience their chosen music. Thank you. Amen. Vanessa, that's what I felt. Yeah. That's literally how I felt. I mean, if you don't like But that, I didn't respond that way. Yeah. I mean, if you don't I just I, said I appreciate you wanting me to play the Kwanzaa channel. I get it if someone doesn't like a particular song, but... Asking for a change of the entire channel because Christmas offends you. And I don't know if that's what was said, but. <laughs> it's the illusion. That was the illusion that was made. Philip Dow, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you, Philip Dow. Um, <clears throat> Albert Graves says, Mr. Ryan has had more on his plate than any other president in the history of the University of Virginia. You buy that? 
I don't know if I'd say he has more than any other president, but uh, he's certainly had a lot, and he's handled it fairly well. I mean, I would say integration, segregation, the admittance of uh, all races, and the admittance of uh, women. Like, for example, my dad went there from 68 to 72. When he started, it was male only, and you wore a jacket and tie. When he finished, you wore a jacket and tie to class, even in 100-degree heat. When he finished, it was sandals and tie-dye, and females, sorry, women were admitted into the university. I'm, you're going to have to help me with that. So, I, you know, appreciate the comment there, uh, Albert Graves. Thank you for watching the program on Twitter. We very much appreciate you. Um, I, the rib roast is not a Christmas tradition. Bill says Festivus for the rest of us. Amen to that. Is that a Seinfeld reference? I believe it is. Seinfeld, one of my favorite shows of all time. You weren't a Seinfeld fan, were you? Never a Seinfeld fan. Nor were you a Friends fan, right? Not really. I've just, Judah. Uh, I've, you know, I, I generally... Judah, let, me, let me... Never had a photo taken with Santa Claus. That I remember. You would remember that. Unless I was... That photo would be present on a keepsake or a picture frame in your family's house. So possibly. I, we, we could possibly say with confidence and conviction that you've never had a photo taken with Chris Kringle. Did not like Thursday night television, Seinfeld and Friends on NBC. You know, there were, there were comedies that I watched when I was a kid. But For example, I, what? I, I bet you were a fan of The Simpsons. Yeah, I watched The Simpsons for a while. I mean, I, Family well, Guy? Yeah, Family Guy. I was probably a Family Guy for longer than I usually am a fan of most comedies. Okay. I just... They I don't, know you well. Comedies don't last long for me. You they, don't like to laugh? They lose their luster after like five years of the same jokes over and over. <laughs> I'm just like, I don't care. There's not really a whole lot of character development. There's not really a whole lot of plot. It's just kind of like... Whatever weekly thing we have to make fun of. Then, what are your top five comedies of all time? Then, that—that's the point that I'm trying to make. Top three. I don't really get into comedies very much. What are your three favorite comedies of all time? uh, I I I really enjoyed Scrubs for a while. Scrubs. I, you're asking. I don't have a top three or a top five or anything. If you want me to tell you, if you want me to bore everybody by saying I don't have any favorites, but I'm going to name the ones that I can think of. Scrubs. I liked uh, How I Met Your Mother for a while. How I Met Your Mother was good. Until I got tired of it. Because you realized they were never going to meet their mother. Yeah, because I realized, okay, I don't care anymore. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to happen. And if it does, it's probably going to be some, uh, you know, shoehorn whatever. Um, Family Guy. I love I Family you like Guy family for a guy. while. But eventually I was like, okay, it's, you know, it's like 20% Family Guy and 80% like whatever, uh, whatever stream of consciousness insanity they, uh, you know, they jump you into each episode. Philip Dow says he was a Cheers fan. Bill says, have yeah. either of you watched Ghosts? I have not watched Ghosts. Ghosts. Not watch Ghosts. I was a huge Seinfeld fan, huge Friends fan, huge Cosby Show fan. I can still rattle off the names of all the Golden Girls. This is your opportunity to make a little fun of me right there. Love the Golden Girls. Yeah, 
I would definitely make fun of you for that. You don't think I could rattle off the Golden Girls? Uh, no, I meant that I would make fun of you for rattling off all the Blanche names. Devereaux, <laughs> Sophia Petrillo, Rose Nylon. Nylon? Rose Nylon, Ra- Blanche Devereaux, Sophia Petrillo, Dorothy Spornak. All righty then. Those are the four Golden Girls and their on-air names. I would say I'm impressed, but you know, I'm in no way impressed. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen Ghosts, but uh, I remember Rose McIver <laughs> from uh, another comedy. Uh, what was that? Uh, it was... What are you going to do for... Ju- what, I, what are zombie. You, what are your New, Year's, your New Year's resolutions? James Watson says, 95% of what I learned in college was social development and not a whole lot in the classroom that was applicable. I think the main thing that that brick-and-mortar college experiences provides is still the unique opportunity to meet different people from around the world who are in going through this major growth window of becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that unique social development, I couldn't see brick-and-mortar college being as beneficial for the current cost with so many options to earn degrees remotely now. He's so smart. Exactly. You are so smart, dude. You're 100% right, dude. His daughter, his beautiful daughter at Virginia Commonwealth University, she may be studying abroad right now, but I know she started at VCU. Mm-hmm. Um, James, I 1,000% agree with you. I literally would say... In the classroom, I learned nothing at UVA. Now, part of that was my own doing. But outside the classroom, from a street smart standpoint and a business standpoint, I learned, got a PhD in street smarts and business acumen outside of the classroom. And Philip loved watching the Golden Girls. Me too. Me too. Um... That's why I'm torn on whether I would want our boys to go. Because I would not want them to miss on the social development opportunity, as you've highlighted. Yeah. But I also, when our five-and-a-half-year-old goes, he's in kindergarten right now, what's the four-year degree going to cost? $750,000? Right. And when our one-year-old goes, what's the four-year degree going to run? A million-plus dollars? Probably. And what if our five-year-old, and, our, and I'm not trying to throw shade on either of these degrees, what if our five-year-old or our one-year-old chooses to major in, like, philosophy? Women's studies? Studies of the Renaissance. Art history. Right? Yeah. Then they're going to be like, Dad, we need to go to graduate school. And that's going to be another million dollars. And is it at that point that we say to our boys that, look, maybe this isn't the right decision? This is a wrong decision? But, Dad, I need to specialize in guinea pig husbandry. What's that? <laughs> I... Yeah. And at that point, does that make us close-minded fathers or parents? Or are we supposed to be supportive parents that say go ahead and pursue your passion because you're 18 to 22 and this is when you find your passion. Like, is it a parent's responsibility when their kids are 18 to 22 to say, you shouldn't major in these things because the upside upside on this is next to nothing and you're going to be in massive debt? And if you do that, are you restricting your child's development and growth? Or do you say, pursue your passion because this is the time for you to do it. 
make your passion your profession and just come out three quarters of a million dollars in the hole. I mean... Andre Xavier says Ghost is awesome. Judah would, would enjoy it, I think. Hmm. I, I mean, mean, I sincerely am yeah. asking that question. I mean, those are probably... Those are questions that parents have been asking for millennia. Um, I, but not to the extent now with the rates <laughs> out of control. It's like with housing. So many folks make this comment. I, I, you know, I've heard... The, old, the baby boomer generation make the comment. When I bought rates, they were 16, 17, 18%. But the cost of housing was 80, 90, $100,000. Yeah. I've heard Dave Ramsey say... They were also making more relative to a lot of other things. I've heard Dave Ramsey make the comment, cut out a cup of coffee a day. Yeah, or stop buying avocado toast. Yeah. But that's a, that's a BS. Uh, that's, I don't know. It's not an argument that holds a lot of water. What was the minimum wage, do you think, in 2000? Minimum wage in 2000. Uh, it's, I'm pretty sure it's literally the exact same thing it is now. Minimum wage in early 2000 was... Wasn't it 725 just like it is now? 575. January 1, 2021. January 21, literally the 1st of January in 2021, the minimum wage was $5.75. What's the minimum wage in 2023? What do you think the minimum wage is in 2023? Um, We're talking about federal. The entire, the entire country? Just, yeah. I mean, we can use the federal number. It really doesn't matter. And you said it was five what in 2001? 575. Federal. Now it's seven and a quarter. Federal. Virginia, I think it's 12. So in 21 years, 22 years, 2021 versus 2023. Mm-hmm. You have seen a minimum wage jump of a dollar and fifty cents. At the same time, the cost of housing is what? Four or five X? Yeah. And take a look at some of the other things that have gone up, like the cost of uh, the cost of university, which we've been talking about. What about uh, what about how much uh, corporations give to their CEOs compared to how much they've raised the uh, the wages of their of their workers. How about imagine somebody coming in doing nothing for a year and then getting a golden parachute of like millions of dollars. I mean, and, and I, I I may have misspoke. I want to make sure I get this clear. The minimum wage, January one, two thousand and one. I think I did misspoke. The minimum wage, January 1 of 2001, 575, federal. Minimum wage this year, seven and a quarter, federal. A buck 50 difference in 22, 22 years. Uh, this is interesting. Um, in, these are inflation adjusted values of the federal minimum wage each time it has been increased. Uh, the first the first thing they the first uh, 
line on the list is from 1938. Inflation adjusted was four dollars and seventy four cents. Thirty thirty years later, inflation adjusted it was eleven dollars and twenty seven cents. That's in 1967. Get this, uh, 1990, inflation-adjusted minimum wage federally was $8.74. And 2009 is the last one they've got on there, uh, $10.33. So, inf- so adjusting for inflation... Uh, we really haven't seen a whole lot of change once they got it to a certain point. We may be, it may be going up a little bit, a dollar fifty, which, you know, if you look at it, like if you, you can look at it one way and say that a dollar fifty is what? Like a third of what it was, what of four seventy five, five seventy five. But that doesn't mean a whole lot when you take a look at all the things that you've got to buy. Uh, you're, cost of them. you're getting uh, props from one of your fans, hmm. Jim Whitcower. Oh, I love Jim. <laughs> Say, your dad says you're, you're a Q-Pie and, and you need more airtime. I'm a what? He's giving you props, Jim. He says okay. you need more airtime. Thank you, Dad. Yeah, Jim Whitcower, <laughs> watching at the Whitcower abode. We love uh, big Jim Whitcower. We should get Jim on the show. Yeah, we should. I, I think he would agree, do but- it. He might. I think he would do it. Jim, will you join us on the show? Will you text him on the family text chain and say, <laughs> Jerry has asked for you to come on the show? Will you come on the show? Seriously, ask him that. See how he responds. Is he still watching right now? You're asking ask me. Jim if he would come on the show. See how he responds. Our point that we're making is this... These things we've been taught or we've been preached, maybe we were preached to by our parents, are Mm -hmm. not the same things that will be preached to our kids. I was like whittled down like a number two pencil. You are going to go to college. Right. You are going to focus on business. You are going to get good grades. You are going to do this, 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 and that. I don't think that's going to be the same way where... This is so itchy. My... Uh, this thing is not so the most itchy. comfortable I don't think either. that's going to be the same way my wife and I do it. Yeah, probably not. I think, uh, I think oftentimes it flip-flops. You get... Uh, um, I think for a lot of families, you'll go like one generation of like, you've got to do... X, whether it's college or uh, you've got to, you know, you've got to follow in the family footsteps and join the, uh, the pizza business or whatever. And then you'll get the next generation where they're like, well, my parents forced me to do this. I'm not going to force my kids. They're very lax. And then their kids are like, oh, well, I never had any structure in my life. So I'm going to give some structure to my kids. Get in the military. Force them to go to go yeah. to college or, and I think it goes, it's the same thing with names. Oftentimes you get families that, you know, you've got your Johns and your Bobs and your Sally's and your, and your, uh, 
<laughs> your you know your average names and 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 then those kids rebel and they're like okay I'm giving my kid some like you know like an interesting name like Phoenix or you know <laughs> whatever and then they those kids are like oh good lord I'm not going to saddle my kid with some crazy name Phoenix like, Yeah Phoenix Godzilla Stanfield the You know Jeremiah the meeting I was at the, the other day where we didn't do the show What You know the meeting I was at the other day where we didn't do a show There was a thorn at the meeting a th- That was the first name Yeah Wow I thought it was a great name yeah, first time I'd cool. ever heard it. You ever heard of that for a first name? I don't think I've ever heard Thorn as a first name. I've what heard... do you make of the Ramsey Latte Factor? The Ramsey Latte Factor? Dave Ramsey. Save a cup of coffee a day. Save a cup of coffee a day. You're saying and you can and put yeah. that money into something? Yeah. That's... I mean, it's not wrong. Any, anything that you can... Anything that you can take out and save is always a good thing. And, you know, we've heard enough, uh, um, the, uh, the Erpies, uh, with their show, um, today, Imanana have, have gone on and explained, I think very succinctly, um, how beneficial it is to, to do something like that, to be regular in putting away, you know, putting away dollar, savings. Dollar cost averaging. Yeah. Um, Their business is booming. But I, I think the people, that, uh, the people that say things like, like Ramsey talking about, you know, not buying a, a latte, I think, I think sometimes it's, it's ill. Um, how do I? Disingenuous. Yeah, while it while Headline it driven. while it may be true, oftentimes you're going to be oftentimes you're preaching to people that can that can barely afford, you know, groceries. Yeah, groceries and gas. And Look at the cost of gas over 20 years. And it could definitely be argued that they shouldn't be buying lattes, but at the same time, there are things that we do for ourselves that keep us sane. Kevin Higgins watching the program. Love Kevin Higgins. What do you think a gallon of gas in 2000 was? The cost for a gallon of gas. I'm going to say. In January of 2000, 23 years ago. Uh, and this is, again, we're, we're talking federal, so I don't really. I've, all I've got is where I was at the time to judge. I'm going to say 93 cents. Pretty good guess. Depending on where you shopped, anywhere from 89 cents to a buck and change. The cost of a gallon just dropped below three over the last few months, like over the last 30 days. It's not going to last. Wawa, I think it was at like $2.99, $2.91. Cheapest gas in town, I think, might be Wawa. I think it usually is. That's where I go. Costco might be able to compete with it. Probably. Higgins says UVA needs to get in the real estate business to house employees. There's no way... Many employees continue to commute from outside the area at this growth rate. Charlottesville and Amaral is experiencing 100%. So you're talking in 23 years, gas has 3 x 
and people are living further away from employment because the cost of housing is more. So think about that. Yeah, you're paying more for your house. You're paying more to get from your house to your place of work, and and mi- your and minimum wage has has hardly budged. Basically uh, plateaued. Yeah. There's your plight. What's your resolution for January? This being the last show of the year. You do resolutions. You don't strike me as a resolution guy. And did Big Jim respond to you? I'm not really a resolution guy. I'm not a resolution guy either. I just make the changes over the course of the day or the month or the week. Wasn't one of your resolutions at one time to hit ACAC more? That was definitely, definitely, definitely. You got an ACAC membership for Christmas. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. I don't think I did. Yeah, you did. From Ann and Jim. And you never went. I did go. Rarely. Rarely, I did go. I mean, it's... These are opportunities to meet people. And to improve your health. Yeah. To live longer. To live more healthy. To socialize. Rooftop ACAC downtown. Epicenter of people. What, what, did, what did Big Jim say? Trisha said to talk about what? <laughs> Anything he wants. Seriously, we would adapt to him just like we're doing right now. Talk about Charlottesville. Tell him talk about Charlottesville, how it's changed. That'd be fun. He's so jovial and jolly. I know. Is he not? He is a, he is a fun and friendly person. I want the viewers and listeners to know this. Our commitment to what we're doing with this network is going to grow. And it's going to start with the new show in January. And I'm focused on adding a female perspective to the network with female guests. And it's going to be a show that's not tied to me. Where I'm on camera or behind a mic. I want to do... um, I'm going to commit myself to adding different voices to the program more diverse and eclectic voices. And I think we've got a, a, uh, a new um, content silo that you're really going to like. Um, it's a show that's, that's um, entrepreneurial, featuring a mom, and someone that is a mover and a shaker locally. <laughs> I'm hesitant to ask what the response is on the Wickhauer family text chat. Uh, my dad said, local appearances cost money. My agent needs to be contacted for terms. <laughs> Who's his agent? Ann? <laughs> He's joking. Bob Emery? <laughs> sure. Um, they moved to Green. What? They moved to Green County. Oh, the Emery's? Yeah. Hmm. No I... longer a Redfield staple. That's too bad. Um, all right. How about some closing thoughts for the viewers and listeners? I've enjoyed the program. An hour in. Hour flies by. Maria Marshall Barnes, hello, welcome to the show. What are your closing thoughts for them? Mm, oh, my dad says, speaking of thoughts, he says, I will give it some serious thought and consideration. There we go. Um, my closing thoughts are... Um, hmm, hold on. You can't wait to get the frosty Mandy, hat off? Mandy says she'll be my dad's agent. Lord. <laughs> Tell her Bob Emery's already got that role. We can do that off air. (laughs) 
Uh, Are you going to offer the viewers and listeners some closing thoughts? <laughs> okay. Um, like this is I where you've got to be poignant. Like Ray Cadell says, I've been out on the road for a week or so with our Elvis show, but I've been listening home now at the Paramount tonight. He's got the best Elvis um, in America right now Nice at the Paramount. The Smiths are going. Yeah. Andre Xavier says, I won't push my kids to go to colleges unless they want to and are pursuing a degree that needs college education like doctor or engineering. I want to give them the opportunity to do something that genuinely makes them happy, and I hope to give them a good financial education so they understand how money works. Hopefully, they won't have to chase money. Instead, they can be free and happy doing what they love. I hope that is something that I can achieve for my kids. I echo that. I would Amen. like to educate our sons the same way. Yeah. My wife as well. Um, your closing thoughts. It's got to be poignant. No pressure. Well... It doesn't have to be poignant. I'm adding too much pressure. I pointed out the, um, what was it? Uh, there, was a, there was a program that was collecting, collecting gifts that, uh, that kids could give to their parents um, in a kind of turn, turnabout from the, uh, the usual toy drives. And... Um, and I think uh, I think it one thing that I think we forget is that uh, there's nothing quite like giving. Mm. Um, there's nothing that hits quite the same uh, as being able to give and see someone see someone's uh, countenance change, their eyes light up uh, with. Uh, a good gift, and so I I hope that everyone out there has someone that they feel strongly enough about that, and knows well enough that they can buy that one gift that lights up someone's eyes, and I hope I I want that to be the gift that everybody gets this year as they're giving to the people that they love. That was fantastic. Exceptionally well said. Thank you. You want the gift that people receive at the holidays to be the gift of lighting and creating joy. Yeah. Judah Wickhauer, props to this man. Very well done. Thank you. I sincerely, that might be the most poignant thing you've ever said in the talk show. (laughs) That was excellent. Very proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate I'm not it. even sure I can follow this. One of the few times I'm not sure I can follow what you just said. Deep Throat in Montana, I always tell my kids that I hope the college monopoly on credentialing is broken by the time they reach the end of high school. I'd be thrilled for them to try something different. I studied philo- Did he say philosophy? Is that what you study? Is there a philology? Philo- there is such a thing as philology. What, what is that? The branch of knowledge that deals with the structure, historical development, and relationships of language. That's what he studied. Wow, I would never have guessed that from you. He said it was a total waste. I had to learn finance after college via an apprenticeship. Uh, Warrior AG says, Ryan had the mass shooting, the Tiki Torch, COVID, all under Jim Ryan. I will highlight that August 17, 2000, August 12, 2017 was under Terry Sullivan. But Jim Ryan did have the mass shooting in the pandemic. Yeah. 
He also says the minimum wage is a false reality that doesn't keep up with the reality of life itself. Very true. I'm going to retweet that. Very true. Um, I will close with this. A reflection I've had on myself personally through hosting this talk show, okay? When initially hosting this talk show, I was so caught up with, um, you know, some of the personality traits that are my biggest strength and my biggest weakness. Um, Quick to speak, alpha, emotional, always ready to have some kind of comment or something to say. And those traits are good for a talk show. And those traits have gotten the businesses and me far in life. But one thing I've come to realize in 2023 while working alongside Judah is listening to learn and fostering an environment where others can blossom can create a product that's even better than me being on my A-plus game all the time. Because there's times where I won't be on my A-plus game, and when that happens, having someone that can contribute to the show successfully and talentedly and, 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 and with poignant perspective like Judah just offered will offer a product that's even better than if I was on my A-plus game every single day. So if you've noticed, the viewers and listeners, I think you've noticed this, Judah. What I've tried to do is listen to learn, foster an environment that mm-hmm. brings out some of your fantastic qualities um, on this show and in this business. And I think we've been successful because of it. So I want to close by this. One of the big leaps I've tried to make, and it's been challenging, and I don't think I embrace it every day, um, but such is the nature of change, is I'm trying to learn more from others, take a backseat, even though my personality makeup would say I'm often wanting to be the driver, and allow those that I trust, my wife, close friends, colleagues, to take the lead where I can listen to learn, which will be for the betterment of the team. And I think that's one of the reasons why the talk show and this network has really had some success. So I want to applaud you. Um, And I hear constantly that you have um, blossomed as a broadcaster and as a talk show host. And I mean that. So that's the end of the 2023 edition of the I Love Seville show. The I Love Seville show will be back in the saddle on Wednesday, January 3rd, nearly two weeks from now. We have some exciting news, which I've already teased, a new show starting in January and an additional show starting soon thereafter. We're working out the details of the second one, but we do have one ready to rock and roll. We will continue to work hard for you. And we just ask for you to spread the gospel that is the I Love Seville show and the content on our network. Because everyone that comes into this studio to host content is putting themselves in a very vulnerable position. And that's getting behind eight cameras and four microphones and creating content that is unscripted and very real and raw. 
and it's not easy to do. It is not easy to do. Mm-hmm. And I think both of us know firsthand that it's not. Yeah. So we thank you for your support, your viewership, and your listenership. We wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holidays. Whether you're playing the Christmas station or the Kwanzaa station, we hope you enjoy time with your loved ones and friends. We hope you are safe around the holidays. I know it's a time of revelry and cheer and spirit, but we encourage everyone to please be safe Mm -hmm. and get ready for 2024 to be the best year yet. We had challenges in 2023, all of us. I think 2024 is primed and primo to be our best year yet. I just got so volu- I just got voluntold to drive to uh, Richmond on Saturday night. <laughs> so, Merry Christmas, Stephanie, to you and your Merry family Christmas, as well. Everyone. Stephanie, you have a wonderful and beautiful family. Sounds like you're driving to Richmond. <laughs> <laughs> I will be driving up the Eastern Seaboard at 3 a.m., 4 a.m. with children who we hope to God do not wake up till sometime in Pennsylvania or on the Jersey Turnpike. Have you ever been in the back? Have you ever been in a, the Family Explorer with a one-year-old screaming at the top of his lungs? I probably, in bumper-to-bumper traffic I around Pennsylvania? I probably was the one-year-old. What's that? I probably was the one screaming. It's not good. Not good. Thank yeah. you kindly for joining us. We'll see you in 2024. So long, everybody. Good job. That was awesome. My-